Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Section 10 Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jared Carabas and Pete Blackburn. What's up and welcome back to the Section 10 Podcast, episode 32, presented by Barstool Sports. It is the home of your soon-to-be 2016 World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. I am your host, Jared Carabas, alongside Peter Blackburn. What's up, Pete? Hello, J-Rod. <laughs> What's going on? Not too much. You uh, you nursing any hangovers on this Sunday morning? I am not actually. I uh, I can't drink on sun- on Saturdays anymore because of Sunday skate. Ah, which right. Comes back on Wei. Um, but heard you are still recovering from last weekend. Yeah, huh? dude. Trust me. What are you like? Twenty four. Yeah. Okay. So the the gap between twenty four and twenty six is astronomical. So I take f- probably about a full week to recover. And usually when I go out drinking, if I go out drinking on a Friday and a Saturday, I the chances of me getting sick are in the 90 to 95% range. So, <clears throat> like, nice. There Fox, you go. <laughs> Foxwoods is, like, I'm going to be clearing my throat a lot. I mean, the last, I want to say, three podcasts that I've done, two two Section 10s and then one uh, uh, yuppie junk with JJ, I've, I've been sick. I've just been straight noodled. So um, it's going to take another brave performance. Yeah, I find it's hard to do the two days in a row anymore, which is kind of crazy. Because a couple of years ago, I mean, college, it was three days in a row, sometimes four days in a row. Yeah. And you just really just never stop drinking. But now it's so hard to do just even two days in a row. Asinine. Asinine. Can't do it. Uh, so I guess where the format that we're going to go with this week, because for those of you who missed Red Sox winter weekend at Foxwoods this past weekend, uh, Pete, Steve, and I were all there. It was a great time. Miraculous that we were, that we were able to follow through on plans, all three yeah, of us. Which is it's it's crazy since Steve, if you if you don't know, is now in New York. He's not going to be with us in studio anymore. Um, I'm hoping that he gets fired so that he has to come <laughs> back and be with he us. He is he is uh, getting set up with a mic up in New York. Um, he I hooked him up with the the equipment this okay. week. So he should be, by the time we do another episode, he should be uh, hooked up, and uh, he'll sound like he's in studio, hopefully. Uh, but oh, he's really? Not, yeah. Oh, nice. So hopefully uh, that'll work. Um, not today. He's not joining us today because he's got work obligations. God but damn it. Soon enough. Soon. The three musketeers soon. back together again. Soon. So, yeah, we went to Foxwoods, and uh, originally we were supposed to just go for the Saturday, and then... The snowstorm was going to fuck it up again because that's why I didn't go last year is because there was a snowstorm. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to drive two hours in a blizzard. So then we went down Friday night. We got there at like 930. We missed the town hall event. Um, but we ended up going out Friday and Saturday night. And boy, do we have some stories for you. <laughs> it was a great weekend. Not as weird as I thought it was going to get, but it was still pretty weird. I mean, I thought it was going to get like weird sexually between <laughs> the three of us. And that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, shout out to Gracie Tracy and Lauren for booking the ho- hotel room and saying that it was two queen beds. And then we walk in and it was one queen bed for three dudes. That was a nice little shock. Yeah. 
Um, but we made it work. I, I ended up sleeping on the floor. Uh, that was on the Saturday night. We had one queen bed between three dudes. Um, <laughs> but Friday night, like Steve. So a couple days before, or maybe one day before, what was it? Before the Friday? I think Steve booked the Friday hotel on Thursday. Yeah. He got dr- like wasted on, <laughs> on Thursday and was like, you know what? Let's go up to Foxwoods on Friday instead of Saturday. I'm hammered. I'm going to book a hotel Which was a great on Thursday idea. night. It was, it a, was great a great idea. idea. And Steve booked us like a real nice hotel. Yeah. And so drunk Steve <laughs> came through in the clutch. Well, put uh, it this way. If Steve doesn't book that hotel, we probably don't go at all. Because it was bad out on Saturday. Yeah, it was real bad. Yeah. Like people were not making it in if they were planning on leaving to get there for Saturday. But it, it was tough to go from that really nice hotel room with yeah. two big comfy beds. Yeah. And then on the Saturday, when we're all feeling kind of shitty from the night before, we have to move into an even shittier hotel room <laughs> with one bed. Which was, uh, it was all right. Struggle. Yeah, well, it, was, I mean, it, it did the job. Put it this way. The first night was not as bad for you as it was for Steve and I because... Uh, you're the th- loudest fucking snore in the Only world. Only when I'm drunk, and I was pretty drunk. When am I night. ever going to be in the same room as you, sleeping at the same time, sober? Hopefully never. Never. <laughs> Hopefully never. Never going to happen. Um, yeah, I was pretty wasted on Friday night, which <laughs> was, I mean, definitely wasn't the drunkest person in our group. No. That's for sure. No. <laughs> no not at all. But uh, I will say that uh, it made for great Snapchat content oh my god um that's we, all we did on saturday was watch the snapchats from friday night yeah and, and i i tweeted those out so i you could probably find those on my twitter if you're looking um at jared underscore carabas and for anybody wondering it's the one where i'm sleeping in the bed fully clothed and <laughs> <laughs> snoring my ass off and then was it it was Steve, right? Who threw the magazine? Steve threw the magazine, yeah. Which is like the the biggest surprise of all time. When I found that out on Saturday <laughs> that it was Steve who threw the magazine, because I hundred percent thought it was you. Yeah. Steve throws a magazine at my face and just like catches me flush in the in the facial area. And you didn't and didn't budge. skip a beat. No. Didn't skip a beat. Continued like continued to snore. And it was between snores too, which was great. Yeah. Just like just hit in the face <laughs> and then smoked snore, in the snore face. Again. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a great A. Fastball. Certainly not the the only video like that that exists. By the way, no, we were we were fucking with you the whole time. We were playing like DMX and no, uh, but I'm saying like throughout history, I oh, whenever I fucking pass out, oh, and my friends always fuck with me, cause right. and I have the, I'm like the deepest sleeper, and I will never wake up. Yeah. By the way, I didn't tell you this. I, I was I don't know why I didn't tell you this, but I'm it's good good time to bring it up. So you fucking freaked me out because. We probably got back to the room at maybe 5 o'clock in the morning around there, and you just passed right out, and then then we were fucking with you for a little bit, and then we all went to sleep, and then I woke up in the middle of the night to, like, the sound of moving around, and it was you uh, getting up in your drunken, you know, stupor and walking to the bathroom, and then it was like, have you seen Paranormal Activity? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you, like, went... (laughs) (laughs) You fucking went to the bathroom... And, like, your bed was closest to the wall, and mine was on the opposite end. And when you came back from the bathroom, you fucking stood at the end of my bed and just stared at me for, like, ten minutes before you, like, went... Yes! Before you went back into your own bed and went back to sleep. It freaked me the fuck out. I was like, 
why is he standing there? Why is he what? looking at me? But I was like, I was in like sleep paralysis. So it was like, <laughs> I was awake, but like I was asleep. Like I was like too tired. I was too tired to like open my mouth and be like, Pete, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, you went to the bathroom, came back and just stood at my, at the foot of my bed and just watched me yeah. sleep. <laughs> That is so creepy. You don't remember that? No. Oh God. Did I, did I, it was probably just because I was fucking like so drunk, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, where am I? And who is this sleeping in the bed next to me? What the hell is going on? Why are there two dudes sleeping next to me?" Yeah, it was weird. I was freaked out, but like, this I is mean, the first time that I've told you. Yeah, I can't believe happened. that you would wait this long. I was, dude. Well, because that night I didn't go to sleep again. I was probably because I was so freaked out. I slept for an hour that first night so i pretty much just laid in bed with my eyes closed and didn't go back to sleep because <laughs> i didn't know if you're gonna murder me nope don't remember that at all so great good, awesome good times good times uh so friday night we end up uh going out into the casino and just walking around and uh we meet up with an individual yeah, we really had no plan on friday night by the way we at didn't all. have a plan at any point we, it's true. We were well, at least we thing. kind of knew somewhat what we were going to do on Saturday night. We were like, all right, we'll go meet up with some people. On Friday night, we just got there. We literally arrived at 9.30, and we were like, all right, right. what's the plan? <laughs> right. So we just started walking around, started getting drinks, and it was great because as big as Foxwoods is, you really couldn't go more than, I don't know, five minutes without bumping into someone that you probably knew who they were. Uh so that happened. We bumped into uh, somebody that that we knew, like right off the bat, and they they hopped on the bandwagon with us for the whole night, which was great. Um, w- wasted when we saw them. <laughs> wasted. <laughs> like, just, like I look like I I I saw like a, a wounded fawn just just wandering around by themselves, and uh, they joined on the bandwagon with us. We ended up going to. Uh, was it Scorpion Bar? We went to Square Bar, which Square is Bar. in the middle yeah, of the yeah, casino. Yeah, yeah. For We stayed there for like a couple hours yeah, or an hour long. and a half. Too long. Yeah. yeah. And so we had had some drinks there. You know, that person that we met up with got <laughs> further lubricated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we went to Scorpion Bar. Yeah. We met up with uh, the Nesson people. Yeah. A lot of Nesson people. That was the first time I've ever met Adam Pellerin, who's awesome. Awesome, dude. Uh, L Duncan. First time I've met her. She's awesome. Uh, who else was there? Brian Brennan. Yes. Yes. Brian, uh, also Nesson employee. Yeah, so the Nesson squad was out. Um, Nesson squad likes to party. Yeah, they rolled deep. They rolled deep, which was a a good time. Miss Gary, for sure. Yeah. Honestly, that would have been the icing on the cake if Gary was there. I was really upset that he wasn't there. I ended up drunk tweeting um, that I like Adam Pellerin better than Gary now because he wasn't there. and, And then I texted him the next day. And he he gave me the who's this? Text. Oh yikes! Yeah. Well, Pel- Pellerin bought me a shot at Scorpion Bar, or at least one shot, from what <laughs> I remember. Uh, and so that Gary's never bought me a shot. So like Gary's that, never bought me anything. That's a good actually way no, to- I lied, I lied. Gary Gary actually paid for an Uber ride home for me one time. Wow, that's pretty. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, but I mean, for me, if if I have a f- couple friends on like near the same level, and one buys me a shot, that automatically vaults them up on the rankings. True, true. I met a lot of Nessa people because then the next day. Uh, well, first we there's more to Friday, so we'll, we'll continue with Friday. <laughs> yeah. uh, so after like you know the last call at, like two a.m., um, we're gonna omit all the names yeah. like that. We're not we're not naming names here. Um, so we ended up 
at a we, wait, what, what is the order? Before we got to the hotel party, right, we were walking around. We That's when we tweeted out the picture that we saw Hanley and Castillo yep. and uh, Vasquez. The yeah, they were playing blackjack. Met them, and um, I asked Hanley if he's the one that actually runs his Twitter account because I won his cartoon contest. There was like eight winners, and I was one of them, so I'm either going to get an autographed ball or autographed cleats. And I was like, you have my fucking home address. Like, that is terrifying. <laughs> did, did he say that he was the one who yeah. runs his account? Okay. Yeah, he says he runs his account. Um, I, I don't, I, from my recollection, I didn't ask him if he remembered the which picture. Which is a good that, idea. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> the picture that I drew of him, which was me launching him Into on a rocket moon. to the sun. Yeah, to the, yeah, to the <laughs> sun. So, um, so, yeah, we see Hanley and uh, Ruzne and Christian Vasquez. Um, which are who who are all tight apparently because yeah. they're with each other like all weekend. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, we walk away from the table, and I run into a Red Sox player. We won't name. Not a, not a. It wasn't a good thing or a bad thing. It was just kind of like a we had, we were feeling each other out. So I bumped not into physically. him. <laughs> not not physically. So I bu- we bumped into each other. And I was like, oh, you're so-and-so. And he was like, oh, you're Jared Carabas. And I was like, I didn't know that you knew who I was. So he was he was drunk. And he was like, uh, he said something about like, oh, like you're, uh, you're TMZ. And I was like, no. I was like, I'm not really TMZ. He's like, yeah, what, what do you guys do, though? Like, your job is to get clicks. Like, that's TMZ. And I was like, well, how I get clicks is different from how TMZ gets clicks. My job at Barstool, and he admitted that he reads Barstool. Like he even referred to himself as a stoolie. Yeah. He said, Which "I'm was a stoolie." Real mixed messages. Yeah. Being so sent. it's like, I love your website, but he, lo- fuck he you. likes the stool, but he doesn't like you. Yeah. So I guess he was just saying, you know, your job is to get clicks and blah blah blah. I was like, but I'm not a gossip guy. Like I'm not. Like I don't look for dirt. I just look for entertaining things, and I like to make jokes, and that's it. Um, we kind of agreed to disagree. He wasn't he wasn't angry or hostile about it, but he he did kind of have like this negative vibe to him that he doesn't really like what uh, what I do. Yeah, I got that vibe as well. <laughs> it was yeah. a little uncomfortable, but like at the same time, it was very confusing because it, like he was like, I'm a stoolie, but you kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it was very weird because I've never written anything about him either. So. Which- I mean, you would have no reason to. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Anyways, so um, after that exchange, we get a f- or I got a phone call. Come up to room whatever the fuck it was. So we get in the elevator, go up, we knock on the door, and open up the door. And who opens the door? Oh, not, we can't name names. It was, it was a player. So we walk in, and there's about like five or six different players in there. And I was like, okay. So we walk in, and... Uh, they're just hanging out. Like it was, there was a few guys just hanging out. It wasn't anything crazy. And uh, there was a ping pong table, <laughs> like, yeah, a bunch of candy, bizarre. bunch of Gatorades. Um, so then I was talking to this other player who I was meeting for the first time, and we ended up talking for over an hour. <laughs> um, and the the conversation was actually pretty interesting because we were just talking about the dynamic between athlete and media. And I was like, well. I'm kind of media, but not really. Like, I'm not media in the sense that I'm a reporter. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I'm objective sometimes in my writing, 
But on Twitter, I mean, I'm a fan. Like, that's what it is. Like, I'm a fan that covers the team. Um, so I was kind of trying to lay that out for him to understand. He totally got it. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was totally accountable for 2015. And, um, you know, these guys, these guys want to win for the most part. And that's the, the sense that I got was that um, even though they are paid very well, it's not like they're like, oh, well, who gives a shit? I have money, so I don't really care about what happens on the field. I still get paid no matter what. I didn't get that sense from these guys at all. It was more just like, you know, I understand that, um, you know, I get paid more than the average American, but that doesn't mean that I would, you know, I'm, I'm complacent. I still want to win. So that was that was good. I, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. Um but yeah, that was that was Friday. And Left we, with a little bit of a newfound respect for certain guys. Yeah. after the first night. Yeah, I, I just think talking to them one it, on it, one. It changed stuff. my opinion of certain individuals on the team. Yeah, yeah. for for the better. But um, there were also ones who didn't leave <laughs> such a great impression. <laughs> but that Again, was Saturday. Not naming names. Well, Friday, even Friday too. There was certain. Really? Yeah. It was Saturday that? more so, but Friday there was like ones where. I mean, we had talked about it in the, in, in the morning, where it was just like, hmm, that was weird. I, I totally don't remember at all. Well, <laughs> well, you already mentioned one of them. I did? Yeah. Oh, okay. The first p- part of the story on the on the uh, the Stooley thing. Oh, right, 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 right. There, right. Was, there were certain ones where yeah. I mean, the interaction could have went better, but yeah. I mean, like, they don't owe anything to either of us. No, so. <laughs> I just thought it was, you know. I'm, it's certainly not... Not surprising at all that some of these guys don't exactly like us. Right. It is fine. I, I get it. But, I mean, if they're going to at least give me a chance to defend myself and explain yeah. what it is that we actually do and how it's different from traditional media, then, okay, that's fine. But don't lump us in with the guys that are just, you know, trying to get the dirt. TMZ is a little bit of a, it's a extreme. low blow. Yeah, that's a very extreme comparison. That is not what I do by any means. Um but yeah, so then Saturday we went to the winter weekend event, and like I said, I probably slept maybe one hour that night, so I was fucking dead the whole day, the entire day. I was hungover, so I wasn't even hungover. I was just exhausted, and I didn't think that I was gonna be able to rally. Like I, I was so close to being like, dude, I'm not gonna make it out tonight. Never would have lived that down. Never. I mean, I, I, but you, I can't even explain to you how close I was to being like, you guys go out, I'm gonna go back to the hotel and just sleep. Because I'm such a baby when it comes to sleep. I can't help it. Um, but, yeah, we went down to the winter weekend. We met a lot of uh, Section 10 listeners, which was nice. Uh, a lot of uh, stoolies that read the Red Sox coverage over there, which was nice. Um, the event itself was pretty cool. I mean, it would be way cooler if I was, like, nine. 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it was it was a fun atmosphere. Yeah. I definitely wasn't you know, turned off by what what was happening. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely geared towards kids. kids. Which is, like, fine. Yeah, the, yeah. The fact that it's held at Foxwoods makes it geared towards adults. Right. And then you have, like, the actual events, which are geared towards kids, so it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I And it was also, it was just good to be around a baseball atmosphere. Um, it was good to see... You know, guys like Tom Karen broadcasting live, and they had, you know, the baseball guys were broadcasting on WEI. I think it was like Bradford, Tomasi, and Mutt were broadcasting. Um, you know, Sam Kennedy's walking around. All the players were walking around. Uh, I will name one guy. Um, 
One guy who I will say that I met who was fucking awesome that you not that you would never expect, but probably would never be on your radar. Noe Ramirez. He was fucking awesome. Like he I, was around everywhere pretty much. Yeah. So Noe Ramirez uh and he was also at Christmas at Fenway. So he's like doing the circuit this yeah, off season. Yeah. Uh so he's uh we have a mutual friend and I guess my friend moved out to California and then by chance ended up rooming with Noe Ramirez. They lived together for maybe a month and he didn't know who Noe was and didn't know that he pitched for the Red Sox. So like out of nowhere, he was just like, Oh, by the way, like I, I I don't know if he, he like discovered it or what happened, but, um, so obviously he's a pretty humble dude to not be like, Oh, by the way, uh, I pitch for the Red Sox. I pitch for the Red Sox. Yeah. So, uh, but then when I saw him, he knew who I was because of the mutual friend. It was pretty cool. So yeah, Noe Ramirez, awesome dude. Uh, he followed me on Twitter after the event and he said to, to go easy on him. So I don't know. I don't like that. I like, I don't, I don't like that. I have the, it's, I, I shouldn't have a reputation where I'm going to kill guys on the Red Sox on Twitter. I mean, if you suck, I'm going to tell you that you suck. But if you're good, I'm going to tell you that you're good. Ask Travis Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> Ask well, Travis Shaw how I am on Well, Twitter. one of the guys we went out with on Friday night in the media was, like, when we were going up to the players' room afterwards, the, yeah. the hotel room, he was like, nah, I can't come. Like, I refuse to hang out with players that I cover. Oh, right, 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 right. Which, I mean, I totally get that. Yeah. Because because if you if you hang out with these guys and get friendly on a personal level, right. you're going to be hesitant to fucking smash them if they're if they're doing terrible. Right. Agreed. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the guys that I know that are on the team, they kind of get it at this point where well they should get it. Like if you suck on the field, you're you deserve the criticism that you get in the right. headlines and the coverage. Well, that that was basically the theme of the conversation for, with that player that I was talking to on Friday night for mm-hmm. like an hour. It was just, you know, he understood that if I have to criticize you i mean i'm not attacking your character or your, your person i'm, I'm attacking the player yeah the player it's it's two separate entities uh which was great that he understood that so that was nice so then saturday night um after i, I took a beast of a nap which was wow you did that was a and it was like it was a power nap it wasn't a lengthy nap no but like you made it count yeah i, I did not no you didn't which was Poor executive. So what happened was is that you were literally on the verge of death. Yes. Heading into like the eight o'clock, nine o'clock hour for Saturday night. Well, I lost my like ability to speak. Like when we went (laughs) to dinner, when we went to dinner, you did not utter a single word. Nothing. Like you guys kept. It was basically you you and Steve were basically on a pizza date, and I was just (laughs) sitting there. And any time that you guys would talk to me, I, I would either just like not respond or just mm. yeah that's exactly what happened <laughs> i was conserving it's, my energy you were dying going into that eight o'clock nine o'clock hour yeah. i felt fine you took a nap i tried to take a nap uh, and then like when nine o'clock rolled around you were fucking ready to go yeah fresh as a motherfucker yep. and then i just like climbed out of my floor bed because i didn't even have a bed and i was just like your doggy bed like dude i'm fucking dying so it was complete role reversal uh and then but i mean by the time that we got to the casino we were all good the section 10 podcast is brought to you by (laughs) sock signatures sock signatures is the leader in autographs and game used memorabilia of tomorrow's boston baseball stars 
Visit SockSignatures.com today for unique items and the best prices on Socks prospects from Lowell to Boston. Use promo code Section 10 to get 10% off of your first order at SockSignatures.com. Speaking of which, we saw Mr. Socks Signatures quite we a did. bit over the weekend. We did. We saw him. Uh, him is in Brian, who is the the main man over at SockSignatures.com. We got to hang out with him. Uh, and uh, what was it? We saw him on Saturday, too, right? Not Saturday night, but Saturday during the day. Yeah, when we went to the uh, the game show thing. Yeah, which I fucking have no idea how I stayed awake through that. I was very <laughs> close to falling asleep. <laughs> not that it not was that boring. It, yeah, not that it was a bad event. It was just I, w- I was ran toast. out of gas. Yeah, uh, the the tank was empty for that. Um, but Saturday night, we... Uh, how did we start off Saturday night? Saturday night, we took the shuttle bus, went over to Foxwoods, and... I don't remember what we did before Shrine. Uh, oh, the oh, the, yeah. Okay, fucking, all right, all right, all right. Oh, the private casino. Yeah. yeah. So um, we went up to like this. So we were walking, trying to figure out plans, like which is yeah. We're just we're walking, walking around aimlessly, aimlessly and then and we we're met. walking in the opposite direction. Was Catherine Veritek, who is Jason Veritek's wife, obviously. Uh, so she's walking the other way. She's like, Jared, what's going on? And I was like, Hey, what's up? So then we just ended up. Jumping in that group, which was um, Catherine, Jason Veritek, uh, Blake Swihart, Brock Holt, and uh, I think that was it, player-wise. Um, so then we're just, we jumped right in. And Side note, Brock Holt, way more handsome in person. Oh, yeah. Stunning. Unbelievable. Stunning. Stud. He's got a, he's got a career in modeling after baseball. He's got a, that short hair. Yeah. Short hair is very, very, uh, it's an upgrade. Yeah, Absolutely. So we w- were walking over to the elevators, and uh, somebody slaps my ass, <laughs> and I turn around. It was Brock Holt. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up, Brock Holt? Uh, asked him about his hair, and he said he had to cut it. I don't know if I believe that. So then we start, Yeah. Good so, decision. So then we start walking into the elevator, and then like someone starts like mas- massaging my shoulders, and I figured it was Brock again, and I turn around, and it was fucking Blake Swihart. And I was like, oh, hey, because we... Like, we uh, We've been in contact since before he got called up because he was supposed to come on the podcast, and then he uh, he got called up, and that was, the, <laughs> yeah, that was the last time I heard from him. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I met him. He's a good dude. Um, so we go up to this fucking, like... Wait, before we get to that, shaking Jason Veritek's hand, oh, the takeaway that we had, all three of us, from the entire weekend, the one takeaway that is that Jason Veritek has the strongest handshake of all time. Ever. It's basically like putting your hand inside the uh, uh, vice grip. No, the trash truck that just crushes all the trash. It's basically like putting your hand inside one of those. We Uh, and it was funny because we all shook his hand all in succession, and then you could tell because we all just looked at each other like, "Ow, did you also get that? Like, am I a pussy, or (laughs) did I just get my every bone in my hand just crushed?" Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, and then we go upstairs to like. I, I didn't even know what we were going into when we were going upstairs. Me and then we get there, and it's literally a private casino with just Red Sox players inside. Yeah. So I was not expecting that. I was like, no. I, I kind of was expecting to go to, like, uh, I, I, like, like a, a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. or. Well, no, I, I was expecting, like, a, I, I heard them talking about, like, a casino or a different part of a casino or whatever. But I figured that it would just be, like, just less people. Yeah. Not 
exclusively Red Sox players. Right. Yeah. So that was cool. We walked in there. There were a few guys in there. Um, Pedroia was at the table, just like everything. Like that every stereotype that you've heard about Pedroia or every like characterization of, of Pedroia <laughs> is a hundred percent true. Confirmed. Absolutely. The confirmed. most intense, competitive person you will ever meet in your entire life yeah just completely berating the blackjack dealer <laughs> yeah. and it was amazing to watch come come on ray stop, yeah, stop you, fucking you around stop ray. fucking me ray <laughs> stop fucking me <laughs> get ray off the fucking table <laughs> oh it's great yeah so then <clears throat> like 11 o'clock rolls around and uh you know Fucking Blackie. We, we, this is probably like the 5,000th time he's been referenced on this podcast, but he's just... If you don't know him, you're not important. Yeah, if you don't know him, you're not as cool as you think you are. That's, that's Put it on a t-shirt. So uh, Blackie is going to go down to Shrine, so we have to make a split-second decision. Do we go with Blackie? Do we stay in the casino with the players, see where that goes? Uh, game time decision. We're like, all right, fuck it. We're going with Blackie. We, we made the decision. We go down to Shrine. And uh, he just walks right into the VIP section that just well, we, so happens to have a shitload of players in it. Well, we should mention the reason why it was kind of an easy decision to leave the casino was because we were kind of just there. The players were all gambling. Right. And so we were sitting there kind of just watching them gamble, like just taking in the atmosphere, chatting in a little bit. Um, but we there was no way that we could gamble because the private casino, oh, God. the stakes were way higher than we could fucking yeah. dip into. Let's just say that they weren't common man friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we were we, like, so either we're going to have to sit up here and, and just watch these dudes play and gamble, uh, or we can go down to the club and see what that's like. So right. we just made that decision. Right. So we go over to the uh, shrine and um, walk over there and fucking Blackie just... Fucking guy knows everybody. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. He'll just walk right in and blah, blah, blah. You feel like a fucking superstar when you're walking around with that guy. Because you just feel like you're in his fucking entourage (laughs) and everything is set up for you. Yeah. So we walk in there and there's, like, the VIP section with a few players. And uh, uh, honestly, my biggest takeaway from that night was I felt so bad for Castillo. He just looks so lonely. I just wanted he to go up so to him. lost. Yeah, like he just was by himself, but he was like still dancing to the music, but like he wasn't talking to anyone. There was no one around him. Just kind of staring into space. Yeah, like, I was just like he's just like a little puppy and you just want to adopt him. Like yeah. I literally wanted to go up to him and be like, "Dude, I, did you need a I friend wa- right now?" I wanted to talk to him. Like I really did. I yeah. was standing next to him for a good portion of the night and I wanted to be like Dude, you look so lonely. Yeah. Like, I want to let's converse, but like <laughs> yeah. I have no idea if I could even what I would say to him, right. or if he would be able to understand me. Yeah, or I d- I, that's a good question. I don't know if he even speaks English. I think he might use an interpreter. Uh, so he just would have been like, okay. <laughs> and then I would have felt like a fucking jackass yeah. being like, like, hey, dude, how's it going? He just looks at me and yeah. I'm like, all right, we'll see you later. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was Shrine. There were a few players there and, um, Fucking some, some dude came up to me at Shrine because we were sitting over by like where all the Sox players were, and it was like the roped off VIP section. And some dude who was like a little bit in the section next to us came over and was like, "I heard this is a Red Sox party," and I was like, "Yeah, it is." He was like, "What position do you play?" And I was like, <laughs> "Doggy style." I was, just, I was just fucking looking at this guy. I was like, "Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> I'm five and a half feet tall, like 130 pounds. Well, you think I'm a major league baseball player? Look at Pedroia." 
True, but he looks like, like a fucking like just like a homeless <laughs> midget. <laughs> fair, fair. But I was like, no, dude, I don't play. And he was like, oh, all right, well, see you later. <laughs> well, see you later. Um, and then like there was kind of like a like a hotel party after Shrine, but it wasn't as cool as the first night. Yeah, it was a. Uh, people were partied out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Friday got the best of us. Shrine yeah. was cool though because. We drank for free. Yeah, drinking for free is way better than paying for alcohol. <laughs> for sure. I'll say that right now. I'll go on the record with this. <laughs> free alcohol. This take. Way better than paying for alcohol. And, way better. And we dr- so we didn't spend a dime on booze on um, that night. And then afterwards, me and Steve... Hit the uh, hit the roulette table. Yeah, and we came up big winners at right. the roulette table. Killed so it. To, Killed it. To go out and have a uh, get pretty shit faced <laughs> and a night of partying, and then come up in the green. Yeah, well in the green. Yeah, uh, money wise is is a nice night. Are there any other? Pretty much recaps it, I guess. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice it little was a, weekend. It was a fun weekend. It yeah, I mean, obviously weekend. we had to omit some things. Like, yeah. I mean, we're not gonna name. Players and whatever. I got throwing anybody under the bus. Yeah, not that anything bad happened. Well, I, mean, there was, there was I don't want to make it sound ominous. There was nothing that happened that you know, if if it ever came out, it would be like I wouldn't have stuff. to tell the feds or anything. Yeah, there's there's nothing bad. It was just like you know, guys are just having a good time. Certain guys make better impressions than others. We'll say that. Agreed, agreed. But for the most part, it's a it's a good group of guys. It is, and I'm um, looking forward to watching them. I'm hoping play that this we can year. do like a. Uh, like a road trip this year. Oh, we will. Somewhere. Uh, we will. Get weird. 100%. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably going to happen. Now that, Need uh, stories. Tomorrow, stories are fun. tomorrow, Monday, February 1st, my first day as a full-timer at Barstool Sports. How's that going? Uh, well, the deal is, so tomorrow I'm going to be blogging as if it were going live, but they're not yeah, going to When be. does the actual site go live? It was supposed to be the first, but I finished my marketing job this past Friday. So I was supposed to be backlogging blogs, basically blogging full time for like a week or so to have a backlog so that when it went live that the site wasn't bare. Um, but I worked up until last Friday. So yeah, tomorrow, Monday, February 1st, I'm starting blogging full time for MLB. Um, it'd be barstool baseball. And, um, so yeah, it's going to be one full week of blogging that's not going to go live. And then I'm, I'm assuming the week after that is when it'll go live and everything will be on the site. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, uh, I also heard this week that um, Rear Ad and Ryan Whitney are starting a Barstool Hockey podcast. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. So it seems like, I don't know what Dave's plan is, but it seems like the uh, sports-specific sites. Yeah, that'll be nice. Barstool Sports having sports. Crazy <laughs> yeah, right? world. Yeah. So right now we're going to play a little uh, Twitter roulette because we didn't have any voicemails this week because we didn't ask for them. And uh, I wanted to do some Red Sox questions. I threw a tweet out there. We got a shit ton of submissions. So I'm looking at about, I don't know, 30 Twitter questions from you guys. And I can't see who said what. So I'm just going to randomly pick a bunch of questions until we run out of time, and we're going to go through them as fast as possible. Some of them are real Red Sox questions. Some of them are dicking around. We're going to answer them no matter how they come up in Red Sox Twitter. Roulette. Roulette. Hey, roulette's been kind to me and Steve True. for the past couple of You ready weeks. for the first question? Yeah. Comes from Sean McGrath. Do you think the starting rotation behind Price and Erod will be strong enough to compete all season? Pete? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I'm going to say I believe in Rick Porcello. I, I do. do. I believe in Rick Porcello. I look at those last 12 starts from last year, and there's a lot to uh, feel good about. I also think that he was hurt last year. I think that he sucked because of an injury that we don't know about. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Porcello is going to have a good year. I think that he's more comfortable now than he was when he first got here. Buck Holtz, I have zero confidence in. <laughs> um, I do think that the second year for Porcello will be a big deal. Like, yeah. Because he's a year removed from, from the deal, from from his first year here and the the new deal. And so, and now he's got an ace in front of him. Right. That's so the biggest part. a lot part. of pressure off of him. Right. So. He's not the guy anymore. Yes, he's making $20 million, but um, no one is looking at Rick now as, as the savior. You're the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think that, that's a, that'll be a big um, positive Wait. for him. Yes. Uh, and I also, I mean, I don't have a, a ton of faith in Clay Buckholz, but as like the fourth option fourth fifth option yeah not bad not a bad not a bad fourth or fifth guy if he can stay healthy i which, mean uh, again he's you gotta going figure to. he's probably gonna be their fucking number two i mean it's probably gonna be but i'm talking i mean like numbers wise yes probably but when he's healthy of... you know you look at what he did as weird haircut clay that was one of the best pitchers in the game my problem is that he just you know he's going to get hurt. So I just hate having him That's why I'm referring to him as like the fourth guy yeah. because uh, when I'm when I'm thinking of like guys who will I'm more I'm speaking in terms of confidence. Guys that I'm confident will contribute. Yeah. Uh, uh there's Price, yep. there's Erod, there's Porcello, yep. and then then you have then, Joe Kelly, which meh, uh, you know, Henry Owens. That's why I have Buckholtz fourth. Yeah. And then whoever's fifth is fine. Yeah. I think if you go, that's as good a four as you can kind of hope for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay so with I, it. I have confidence in, I think in that the guys behind Buckholz. The fact that if you I mean, have a, a healthy clay, you're getting a really good pitcher. The fact is that he's not going to stay healthy. So who is going to supplement the rest of the innings that he's going to miss out on? And, and when I, is it going to happen? Right. And I feel good about the guys who are going to step in when Clay Buckholz goes down. And those guys are Henry Owens and Brian Johnson. And I feel good about those two guys stepping in and not picking up exactly where Buckholz leaves off if he's, you know, having the same type of year that he had last year before he got hurt. But good enough. You know, it's good enough. Next question is going to be from Bernardo. He wants to know, are we going to have more fielding problems at first base or third base? First base. I mean, well, it depends on how many games Hanley Ramirez plays. Right. Yeah, I think that if Travis Shaw's over there by the third week of the season, <laughs> then it's going to be third base. Uh, you know, I also think that Sandoval is uh, a decent bounce-back candidate. I mean, I, I don't really think that he's just a piece of shit. That <laughs> He is a piece of shit, but I don't think that he's going to be a, a complete bust over there. I do think that he'll rebound. Um, for as much shit as I give Pablo Sandoval, he is working hard this offseason, but... I mean, he, he fucking worked but hard last offseason, Didn't off he fucking, too. yeah, that's what yeah. I was just going to say. Didn't he fucking work hard la- yeah. last offseason? Wasn't that the big right story? Yeah. It's like, if you're going to fucking work hard all offseason, make sure you're fucking working hard during the season, yes. too, and keep it off. Right. Yes, bingo. So, the answer is they fucking both suck. Next question. <laughs> uh, comes, comes from Patrick Sheehan, and he wants to know, which Sox player will make the biggest leap from last year? Pete? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I got mine. I'll go. 
I think that from last year, the biggest leap will be Jackie Bradley Jr. I think that who I was kind of he's of. already the best defensive center fielder in the game, bar none. So you um, think that he hits on a more consistent basis? Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. He, I don't think he's gonna tear the cover off the ball. No, but like consistent. But he produ- need to. Consistent production, even in like the average to be- a little below average range. Well, what is do you define acceptable. as below average? Like if he hits like two fifty. Yeah, that's about average. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the number that everyone keeps throwing out there is two fifty. I think that Jackie Bradley next year. Could hit in 265, 270. I think that it's in there somewhere. I think that he is a little sensitive. Um, but here's the thing, right? Is last year when the Red Sox traded Shane Victorino, a lot of teams were coming calling for Jackie Bradley Jr. And I believe that Jackie Bradley Jr. at that time was probably wondering will the Red Sox trade me? I hope the Red Sox trade me because I just want to go somewhere where a team is going to actually give me a shot. So I think that there is something to Farrell's absence last year and that Jackie Bradley Jr. really turned it on once Farrell was out of the picture and the younger players were actually committed to it. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to call you up. We're going to play you for a week. We're going to play you for a handful of games, and then you're going to be on the bench and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that the fact that Jackie Bradley Jr. is coming into 2015 not having to compete with anyone, I mean, he's pretty much – you're the guy. You're our center fielder. I think that that's going to be a huge contributor to his success in 2016. My bounce back candidate, and I don't even know if I call it a bounce back, but improvement candidate would be Ruzne Castillo. Okay, that's I feel fair. like he could have a a, a bigger year um, production wise this year, having uh, that outfield kind of set in stone and not having the dysfunction of Hanley in left field. Need more pop from Ruzne. Yeah. Fucking five, what, Stop five hitting home runs singles. last year. Yeah, he he's a fucking singles machine, which is fine. Get on base, but like, you know, the Red Sox signed you because your biceps are bigger than your torso. So fucking hit home. If runs. you can work on the fundamentals, I think he's a good candidate for a uh, for a bounce back. Yeah, Scott wants to know what do you think Swihart's role with the team will be moving forward. That's right. a really good question. It is. It is okay. It. I'm. T- I think the. When I say that's a really good question, I'm speaking in terms of the whole catcher picture. Right. Okay, so here's the deal with the catcher situation right now. Christian Vasquez had his uh, Tommy John surgery last year, missed an entire year. Yes, he played winter ball, but no, he didn't catch at all. It was all DH. They had him all, uh, all of his games were as a DH in winter ball. So Christian Vasquez is going to start the year with the Paw Sox. You probably won't see him until about July. I mean, barring injury. I mean, if Hannigan gets hurt or uh, if Swihart gets hurt, uh, then you might see him a little bit sooner. But Christian Vasquez will start the year with the Paw Sox. The question gets interesting once he's ready to come up. Then what do you do? Well, then that that falls. If that timeline is correct, that falls towards the all, the uh, the trade deadline. Yeah. And then you can offload one of those guys. The question is who becomes the odd man out. Right. Which, I mean. That's going to suck because I love uh, the thing about all three of those guys. They bring different different aspects of the game to the table. Right. Yeah. Their I, strengths are in different areas. Yeah. Well, Swihart, 
wasn't always a catcher. I believe it was somewhere like in college like he became a catcher. So he's still working on the defensive part of the game. I don't think that he's a defensive liability by any means. It depends on what kind of metrics you're looking at. Uh, there are certain defensive metrics where if you look at Swihart, he's not the best catcher in the world. But, um, you know, when has anyone ever looked at Swihart and been like, oh, this guy, you need to fucking get him out of there. Like, he's costing the Red Sox games. I don't think that's ever happened. So um, he can hit the cover off the ball from both sides of the plate, which is very rare from that position, uh, which is why, you know, when people were saying you, you need to switch his position, move him to third base or something, put him at first base, he kind of loses a little bit of value if you move him to a, a corner infield spot because he doesn't really have a whole lot of pop. Uh, but Vasquez's strength is obviously that he's arguably one of the top two, top three defensive catchers in Major League Baseball. Mm. Um, if you had to have a best guess for the odd man out, Oh, God. Honestly, that's a that's that's the number one question. That's that's the going to be the question of the year. Not spring training, not of the deadline of the entire season is going to be Vasquez or Swihart because you can't you can't really keep them both. I mean, you might be able to get away with that for this year, but over time in the next call it two or three seasons, Swihart and Vasquez are both everyday major league catchers, and they deserve to be in the lineup every single day, or at least catching, you know, 110, 120 games a year. Like, they're both worthy of that. So, you're going to have to make a decision at some point. Maybe the Red Sox kind of hold out and see if they can increase value with either guy and then sell high, because right now, I don't I want to say that Vasquez is a, a you know, a sell low kind of guy right now, but I think that his value can you surely... You gotta see what he brings back. Right. Yeah, you gotta see what he does when he comes back. And then his offense is a big question too. Is he gonna come back and, you know, be a two ten hitter or could he be a two fifty hitter? The same thing with Jackie Bradley Jr. We don't know. You know so, what I gotta bring up is uh the the Ryan Hannigan trade. Oh god. It, it, here we go. It's it's a Panned clear out. it's a clear win for the yep. Red Sox. Will dunk. Middlebrooks is where did he go? Uh, the Brewers. The Brewers. Okay, so he, they uh, they're recreating. The Padres traded Ryan Hannigan for Will Middlebrooks, which a lot of people complained uh, at that time, and I was one of them. I was like, you can't get more for <laughs> Will Middlebrooks than a backup catcher. Twenty twelve, you could have got a big piece for Will Middlebrooks. Yeah. So you get a backup catcher for Will Middlebrooks, who is supposed to be like the future of the Red Sox at third base. <laughs> so that was a little disappointing. But now looking at back at it in retrospect, Ryan Hannigan's been pretty good for the Red Sox, yeah. and he filled in last year. Pretty admirably when yeah. fucking Vasquez went down. And now Will Middlebrooks gone from San Diego already. And that, that was hilarious, your uh, your tweet, which you brought back into my timeline this this I past week. I called myself an idiot. Yeah. So uh, I, somebody sent me a link to an article. I think it was like Bleacher Report or something like that. And it was like obviously a slideshow. And it was every uh, Major League Baseball team. And it was which player from each team is going to be the best player on that team in the next five years. Like, five years from now, who's going to be the best player? And Will Middlebrooks was the Red Sox. And I think the article was from 2012 or 2013. Which, I mean, that was kind of a, a popular opinion. He looked like a force when yeah. he first came up. And that's why I, I, you know, I thought that he was going to... When he struggled in 2014, I still believed in Will Middlebrooks because of what I saw in 2012. I just knew that when he came up, you knew that he had the ability and you knew the, that he had the talent, but pitchers adjusted to Will Middlebrooks 
Will Middlebrooks did not adjust back to those adjustments, and that was his downfall, and that's why he got uh, non-tendered by the Padres and is now somewhere floating around in the Milwaukee Brewers system. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. I will say that, uh, by the way, Ryan Hannigan is one of the best dudes from Winter Weekend. Yeah, fucking, fucking love Hanny. Dude's a man. Yeah, shout out to Ryan Hannigan. Uh, this is from Josh. He wants to know... If you could move Hanley or Pablo, who would it be and for who what? Um, okay. I, I'm not going to go into for what because you could probably get nothing for either of those guys. You'd just be lucky to get rid of them. So, Pete, who would you rather get rid of, Hanley or Pablo? Uh, Pablo, probably. Really? Yeah. I just think that – I don't know. I don't have any faith in him, honestly, to like – you got faith in Hanley to play first base? No, I have faith in him to hit the ball. But, I mean... It's just a matter of, like, after this year, when that DH spot opens up, that's yeah. what I'm looking at, is you slide Hanley in there and try to make do with him this year wherever you can and hope that his first base experiment gets you by. But if I, at this point, if I had to trade somebody, I think I would choose to trade Pablo over Hanley. So I would most definitely trade Hanley instead of Pablo because... At least you know that, uh, yes, Pablo had a very shitty year defensively last year. I think he was either the worst or the second worst defensive third baseman in, in all baseball last year. And I don't think he's that bad defensively. He's, he's not. not. He's like a middle of the pack, even like a upper, uh, he's like a top third, you know, third baseman defensively on average. But um, had a shit year last year. But at least you know that he has the ability to play his position. Hanley, you have no fucking idea if he can play first base, but the obvious answer is that it's probably not going to work out. Probably I mean, not. I don't know if you saw that Vine, the God help us all Vine that I tweeted. <laughs> yeah. Like, doesn't look too good. Does, so far. Yeah, the future doesn't look promising with Hanley at first base. But I also don't have faith in Pablo Sandoval's body to hold up because we've seen he's had trouble keeping himself in shape. And when you get older and you're that size and you're trying to be a professional athlete, I don't have faith in his knees to hold up. I don't have faith in whatever for him to stay healthy enough to make it worth it to keep him around. Because, I mean, he struggled at the plate last year. Yeah, a little he struggled bit. In, struggled in the field. He came around towards the end. But, like, I just don't have faith in that guy to hold up. I just I look at it as the lesser of two evils. And Hanley has no position. And even what, <clears throat> even like last year after April, he only hit like two thirty seven, and his OPS was like very low. I mean, he it was very disappointing uh, after his April what he ended up uh, finishing the year with. Um, but that's the thing. Like if you, so he had contact injuries last year. Yeah. And so if you take him out of the field, uh, you just got to make it through next year. Like this is what this is my point. Like, you got to make it through next year. People have been saying that too. Is like, oh well, you just got to suck it up for 2016, and you know you'll you'll slot him into the DH spot. And it's like, am I really about to sacrifice my entire 2016 season for one fucking guy just so that he can like be a DH? And we don't even really know how productive he's gonna be after that because he doesn't exactly have the greatest attitude in the world. So yeah. you know, I just look at it as who has a, a history of playing their position well, Pablo, who have who has a history of at least being healthy, Pablo, who has a history of winning, Pablo. So it all checks out. Hanley, love you for the cartoon contest, but you got to get off my <laughs> the team. The way that I look at it is that, you know, who has the higher the higher ceiling or the more potential, and I think it's Hanley. 
Um, and honestly, I'd trade both of them if you could, but you can't. So <laughs> you can't. that's who I'm picking. I'm picking Namely. Okay. Uh, Dave LaPointe says, give me one solitary baseball re- related reason why Hanley should be playing first base. There isn't one. <laughs> there isn't they, don't one. Have a, they don't have anywhere else to stick them. Yeah, because there's nowhere else to put them. Um, you know, you're honestly probably better off sticking Hanley at DH now and letting David Ortiz play first base yeah. this year. Yeah. If David Ortiz didn't hate the idea so much, that would make the most sense. You know, and the other thing too is um I would be more comfortable if they were like, All right, Pablo, for just one year, can you play first base and Hanley plays third base? That would at least make me feel a little bit more comfortable because the move from shortstop to third base is not a, nearly as drastic as shortstop to first base. You mean shortstop to left field to first base? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, being historically being a shortstop and third Sandoval base. being generally a good fielder. Yeah, known somewhat of a good fielder. Going to first base, you have more confidence in him being able to adapt to that position. And he's a fat piece of shit, so <laughs> he'll be able to knock everything down when Hanley fucking throws it into the he'll catch first every row. throw to first base without his glove, just in the middle just of his sucks, stomach, sucks suck right it into, into his black hole. <laughs> oh God! All right, next question is from Bleed Celtics Green. Will Chris wrong Young- sports? Yeah. Will Chris Young accept a platoon role and playing in less playing time? Yeah, that's the whole reason why he fucking signed. <laughs> yeah, up. no shit. Like, they, I'm sure that well, that came up in negotiations. Like, hey, we have these guys: uh, Ruzne Castillo, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Mookie Betts. Uh, you don't really fit into the equation. We need a fourth outfielder. So. Also, side note: totally forgot Chris Young was on this team. Really? <laughs> yeah, to- <laughs> totally forgot. Uh, King well, Red he Sox. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't been around in the no. off season at all. Nope, I haven't seen a single thing from him. Uh, King Red Sox, because Ortiz only has one season left, do you think that is the reason we kept Hanley this offseason? The reason why the Red Sox kept, kept Hanley is because nobody fucking wants him. Exactly. No one wanted Hanley Ramirez, and that's why he's still here. If I, somebody wanted Hanley Ramirez, Hanley Ramirez would not be here right now. Yeah. If a team called and said, like, hey, we're interested in Hanley, like, you wouldn't even be able to finish the sentence before Dombrowski <laughs> was like, deal. Like, hey, you know that garbage in your backyard? I can come clean it up for you. You don't say no to that. Right. That's that's what it is. I don't think that they were like, hey, uh, Ortiz is going to be gone after this year, so we could totally put Hanley there. And the reason some people will probably disagree with this. Be like, oh well, it makes perfect sense to move Hanley. That's probably why they kept him. No, because fucking Jose Bautista and uh, Edwin Encarnacion are both free agents after 2016. You have the money to sign one of those guys to be your DH, and they would be much better, much better, because you know that they're actually going to stay healthy, and they've both just. They've played well in this division. They know this environment. And, and they've consistent probably, production. Yeah, and they've hit the farthest home runs at Fenway Park that I've ever seen in the non-steroid era. If Batista ever plays here, it's going to be a fucking disaster out on beyond Yaki <laughs> Way. <laughs> I might park my car there just to say that I got my windshield smashed by Jose Batista. Oh, God. Jason Martell says, with a lot of depth duplication in the minors, does it make sense to trade Holt while his value is high? Brock, I love you. If you're listening, turn this off. They should have traded Brock Holt at the deadline last year. I said that on the show. Yeah, they should (laughs) have traded him. Not that, I mean, I love Brock Holt as a human being, as a baseball player. I would love Um, to revisit the, the tape. Because I think you said no when what, I brought that up really? at the deadline. I think you said no, I wouldn't trade Brock, Brock Holt. I don't know that I would have said that. We'll have to go back and look we'll at it. We'll go back, but I'm pretty sure that that... Because I, I remember... I think I was the only one 
Maybe. Was Steve on the show? Steve was on the show. We'll uh, go back. We and had look a guest. It. I remember it might have been Mutt. Might have been the episode where we had Mud on. Maybe. Um, but I do remember bringing that up, saying that he would be a good good trade option, and then somebody said no. Maybe you said that, s- like, before the deadline, like, way before. Like, as it got close to the deadline, when I knew that, like, it the was Royals when, it was, were interested. It was when he was an all-star. We already knew that he was an all-star. That's oh, why. Really? That's why I mentioned that his stock was higher yeah. than it than it normally be. In. I kind of remember being on that train. I Put it this way. I love Brock Holt. I want him on this team. But last deadline when they when the Royals came knocking and you could have got a nice bullpen piece for the future, that's when you kind of say, okay, we have Devin Marrero. Uh, he has no role here. Like he's not going to play third base or shortstop or second base. I mean, he's a he's a good infielder. He can hit a little bit. Um, he can slide into that Brock Holt infield utility role, and then we can get a nice piece for Brock Holt from a team that overvalues him. And I think that. A guy like Brock Holt is most valuable at the trade deadline when you got teams that are in it who are looking to add pieces for a playoff run. And then you got a guy like Brock Holt who can play like fucking any position on the field. Right. And just become so valuable to a team that's trying to make an October push. Right. Yeah. So would I trade him today? No. I, I you know, I, I hang on to Brock Holt for right now because um He's he's a weapon that most teams don't have, you know, a guy that can play any position, a guy that can give any player on the diamond, essentially a day off and not only just fill in, but you don't lose production. Right. You have a a guy who is potentially one of the best leadoff hitters in the game. I mean, in the first half of the season, he has a tendency to kind of fall off in the second half, but we won't get into that. Mike Kiley. Wants to know, will Travis Shaw break the single-season ding-dong record this year? I'm going to go with yes. Uh, what is the record? 71 home runs? 72, I believe. 72? I think Bonds at 72. Uh, single-season home run record is 73. Okay. Okay, so Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. Fucking monster. So Travis Shaw needs to hit 74 home runs next year. Do I think, I can, do I think he can do it? Yeah. In the first half of the season, he can do it. <laughs> I think that Travis Shaw realistically will finish 2016 with 147 home runs. And Wade Miley will finish with 148 <laughs> home runs. Yeah, in his new position. He'll be playing oh first base. God. Uh, Dutch Sox fan wants to know, what is the meaning of life? Wade Miley. Wade Miley is, is the is essence. The meaning, is the meaning of life. That's what I live for. The meaning of life. Wow. That is a, that is a deep question. I think that the meaning of life is to wake up every day and uh, to do something. That Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Who would you feel more comfortable with starting at first base on opening day? Hanley Ramirez or Alan Craig? Alan Craig. Is that a, ser- is that a serious answer? Yeah. Like a hundred percent serious. Yes, because put it this way, right? Um, like, why why aren't we hearing about Alan Craig at all? <laughs> I don't know. We're the only people that re- remember that he's on the team. I honestly think that if we didn't name the fucking podcast studio after Alan Craig, that people would forget that he's even on the team. Yeah, for sure. So the reason why I would seriously take Alan Craig at first base over Hanley Ramirez is that people are kind of, I guess, not uh, taking into account how valuable or how important it is to have someone at first base who can actually play the fucking position because you have Sandoval, Bogarts. I mean, Pedroia is pretty accurate, but, like, that's going to make 
Bogarts a worse shortstop and, and Sandoval a worse third baseman when they have a guy over there who can't pick it. I would rather have a fucking it's Doug Mankiewicz who's going to hit a, a buck 10 but be able to pick it at first base than have Hanley who's going to, like, you know, hit 270 and hit 30 home runs and can't pick anything. Just, the, like, just the idea of sticking Hanley Ramirez at first base is fucking hilarious to me because it's like this guy is so bad. We don't want him fielding the ball at all in left field. We don't want him in the outfield. He's going to fuck up. He's going to fuck up a bunch of plays in the outfield. And then you stick him at, like, the most important infield position. Yeah, where it's like he's going to get like five times more plays it's, at first base. I looked it up. It's three times as many uh, defensive, defensive opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. That, like you're going to increase his opportunity to you're fuck, gonna, you, you're fuck your team yeah. by three times. Yes. Unbelievable. Well, I, I honestly, I don't know what they're going to do if it doesn't work out. And John Farrell said on WEI that uh, you know, to start the season, Hanley's not going to be their everyday first baseman. They're going to mix him in to, you know, get him acclimated, and Travis Shaw is going to see a lot of time. But what if it's Hanley... almost honestly worse. You want, you want him to get as many reps as possible. So that's why I'm hoping to God that Travis Shaw just tears the cover off the ball when he's in there, and Hanley's like a disaster at first base, and, you know, he's not performing offensively. The only reason why they're putting him at first base is because they want his bat. But if Travis Shaw is giving you equal or greater offensive production, clearly you need to put Travis Shaw at first base. But then what the fuck do you do with Hanley? There's nothing you can do. (laughs) Like, there's nothing that you can do. Maybe if, you know, there's an injury, a team needs a shortstop, then someone's like, fuck, I guess, you know, he's making $22 million. And I think it was Lou Maloney who said you need to eat, you know, 15. <laughs> yeah, like you have to be paying between seven and nine million bucks for a team to even be like, yeah, I'll think about it. Um, but I think that uh, Alan Craig might be one of my bounce back yeah. guys. <laughs> oh, man. It, c- it could happen. I can't it's, wait to listen I, I wouldn't to this. put money on it, but, you know. He can't do any worse. The uh, the <laughs> He's a bounce back guy for pot for p- the Paw Sox. It, uh, in November, the first podcast in November, we're gonna listen to this audio, and it's and gonna be, like, be Pete being like, "You know who would be a good bounce back candidate in 2016? Alan Craig." And he'll still be in Pawtucket. He'll, he'll be dead. <laughs> he'll be in like he'll be like <laughs> on the fucking lull spinners. <laughs> um, it's okay. like honestly, it, now's the time where he's got to figure it out. Like, God, either I got to do something. He's inject himself in his ass or he, something and to get his, to resurrect his career. Andrew Cummings asks, what do you believe the path will be for Moncada and Benintendi playing, considering the guys blocking them? Um, okay. They're so not play this year. Benintendi, you probably won't see until 2018. And Moncada, you won't see until 2017. Probably not even to start the year. Probably like a midway through. Um the great thing about Moncada is that, yes, he can hit, he can steal bases, uh, but defensively, he's not married to any position. So uh, my friend Peter Gammons was talking about this uh, right after the Moncada signing, and I kind of floated the idea, you know, yes, he's an infielder, and everyone kind of took the Moncada signing as a precursor to the end of the Dustin Pedroia era because he's a second baseman, and I was like, Moncada's a big fucking dude. Like, he can probably play a corner outfield spot. He could probably play anywhere on the diamond, really, besides maybe shortstop. Um, So 
I think that you don't really have to worry about guys that are quote unquote blocking Moncada, especially Benintendi, because if he continues to burn through the ranks like he has, they'll fucking trade Castillo or something like that. I mean, they'll make room if if they know that they get a guy that's on the way that's going to be an upgrade and like a big upgrade. If you can fucking switch things around and find a spot for Hanley Ramirez, you can yeah. find a spot for Yon Moncada, who yeah. is young and, and promising while Hanley Ramirez is and, old and... and- and not only that, but Mankata's not known for his defense either. I think he made like fucking like 30-something errors last year at second base. So I'm sure that they're going to be working it's on the— Chuck knoblock Yeah. They're going to be working on his defensive aspect of the game. They're going to be moving him around to find a home for him because they don't want another fucking Hanley on their hands. Uh, but, yeah, Benintendi is going to be a guy who, if he continues on the, the you know rapid pace that he ha- has been going ever since they drafted him— um, They'll find a spot for him. Trust me. If he's if he's as good as they project him to be, they'll find a spot. Um, Matthew Kitson would like to know what do you think of the depth beyond Kimbrel, Uihara, and Tazawa in the bullpen? Well, what is the depth uh, beyond those guys? That's like um, Matt Barnes, Robbie Ro- Ross, Robbie Ross. Uh, Tommy Lane, who like doesn't get enough love for some reason, uh, as a as a lefty, as, like someone was asking me, oh, do the Red Sox need to go out and get another uh, like lefty reliever? I was like, dude, Tommy Lane. So you got, um, and then Carson Smith, the dude that you just traded Wade Miley to bring in, he's not a name right now because he's he's relatively new. Um, Carson Smith is going to tear it up. He's fucking nasty. I saw if, a slider. It's fucking filth. It's like I saw him pitch against Mookie Betts. He threw him a slider, and he, he looked like a little leaguer. Uh, so, yeah, Carson Smith is your depth there. Carson Smith is probably going to be... Um, May finish over one of those two guys that was mentioned, you know, Yuhara. He's better. I, I think that, you know, Smith... And Kimbrel are your top two relief pitchers right now. I don't know what Koji's going to give you. If if Koji gives you a Koji season, I mean, that's what people were laughing at me when they're like, oh, yeah, you have a bullpen that could at least, you know, compete with the Yankees run. Obviously, the Yankees bullpen right now is one of the greatest bullpens of all time. But this Red Sox bullpen is nothing to fucking sneeze at. If you have Kimbrel, Koji, and Carson Smith, um, you know, you have Matt Barnes, who everyone is saying, yeah, he could be the future closer i haven't seen it yet at the major league level um you know he's pitched well at Pawtucket, and it hasn't really translated yet to the major league level our boy noe ramirez robbie ross jr arguably the greatest relief pitcher in major league history uh brandon workman everyone keeps forgetting about brandon workman he had uh, i think he had tommy john surgery last year so hopefully he'll be back because he was a nice little weapon out of the bullpen in that 2013 run uh heath hembry kind of lost in the shuffle there um and then tozawa Says I was my wild card because that dude, I mean, he has fucking 80 relief appearances by the second week of July every single year. Like, they just burn him into the ground. When he's healthy, when he's fresh, he's a really effective relief pitcher. The only problem is he's never healthy and he's never fresh because we have to use him so much because everyone else sucks. Yeah, maybe that's the difference this year is that they have, they have depth in the bullpen. Or got, they should have depth in the bullpen yes. so you don't have to burn through Tozawa so fast. I like this bullpen. I see a lot of options that they can go to. Uh, I'm not just saying it because I like him now, but Noe Ramirez, he was underrated last year. He had a nice little, uh, he had a nice little 2015. Um, but people are going to be surprised at how good Carson Smith is 
and uh, you know, Kimbrel. People are going to be surprised at how nasty he is when he's blowing fucking 98 mile per hour fastballs by, uh, you know, some of the best lineups in this in this division. So I'm not worried about the bullpen. I'm not in that second lefty that you're looking for. His name is Tommy Lane. It's pretty good. Look up. Look up his numbers. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. Who's on first by the all star break? This is John who wants to know this one. Travis Shaw. Yeah. I hope it's Travis Shaw. I mean, if it's Travis Shaw, it like that's some zero faith in Haley Ramirez to play first base no. effectively. That I hope I know I'm not being dramatic in saying this. The difference of whether or not the Red Sox are going to make the playoffs could be how fast they get Haley Ramirez off of first base and Travis Shaw on first base. Or just how effective. Like if he miraculously Becomes a, a good serviceable, defense. yeah, okay. serviceable first baseman. What do you think the odds of that are happening are? Very slim. Yeah, slim to none, and slim just left the building. <laughs> so okay, I I know that it's in here somewhere. We're still playing Twitter Twitter roulette, but I saw the question. I, I don't want to skip around to find it. I'll just ask you right now. What? How long is Hanley's leash at first base? Like if he's fucking bad. When are you pulling the plug on it? Like, how long are you willing to give him before you're like, this just isn't going to work. We got to figure something else out. I think it's it's got to be within the first two month window. Two months? You giving him two months? I I mean, I don't think you have any other choice because nobody's going to take him, and you kind of just got to hope that he finds his stride because you can't really stick him anywhere else. No, and you can't trade him. Nope. So you kind you kind of just. Gotta hope that he finds it at some point. And I think two months is like, it's okay. Like by the end of the two months, you're going to be like, all right, fuck this. Because if we keep doing this, we're going to slip out of a playoff spot or something like that. Like you might, you're sacrificing the season, but I think you got to at least give him two months. You look at last year and the season was basically done by the middle of May. Like if, if they don't figure, I mean, that's going to be the key to 2016 is getting well, off to a hot start. There was also other things other than just like, I think they're in a better position as an overall team this year. Are they? That, yeah. They I have so. Hanley Ramirez at first base, Pete. But their pitching is better. The bullpen is better. Yeah. They're in a better position where Hanley Ramirez at first base, him sucking may not be like, it may not kill you totally. I don't, I don't want to overreact here. But I get nervous when I think about these question marks that are on this team. Because we can be optimistic all there we want. question marks. Everywhere. Everywhere. Is Sandoval going to have a bounce back here? Is he going to suck like he did last year? We don't know. Uh, Ruzne Castillo. Is he going to hit? Is he ever going to learn how to play the outfield? We don't know. Jackie Bradley Jr. Is he going to hit? We don't know. Mookie Betts. That's a safe bet. Dustin Pedroia. Is he going to stay healthy? We don't know. A lot of questions. First base. Is Hanley going to be a fucking first baseman? We don't know. David Price is David Price. Beyond How that, what would you give him then? Three fucking weeks. Three weeks. I'll give him he's a month. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be a good first baseman in three weeks. If he's not gonna be, I mean, you're a fucking major league baseball player, professional baseball player who played shortstop at the major league level. If you can't figure out how to fucking play first base in a month's time, get the fuck off my team. Get out. Because if you can't figure it out. If you don't have, if you don't figure it out in a month, you're not going to figure it out. That's it. 
A month is a long time. A month is 30 games. That's more than an entire, like, high school baseball season. But they did say that he's not going to be the everyday first baseman. Right. Okay, so call it call it 20 games. You, th- you think you can figure it out in 20 games? That's still, like, a fucking high school baseball season. If I if someone said, hey, we're going to give you your senior year to not figure to out how to play the, this position. Not to mention all the reps that he's going to get in the offseason and then in the spring training. And it's, so it's, yeah. not like, it's not like he's getting one month. Right. He's going to have it. And he's, he's, he's showing up early. He's showing up with pitchers and catchers, which is February 18th. That's when he said he's going to get there. And he's going to try to figure it the fuck out. Because if he doesn't, the Red Sox are fucked. Because like you said, Pete, there's nowhere to put this guy. If he's not on first, where is he? He's up your ass. That's where he is. Why am I tangled in this fucking wires right here? I don't know. I, I, the, the way that I look at it is saying two months is basically like saying one month if he's splitting time with Travis Shaw. Sure. Okay. So call it two months, but I want one of those months to be spring training. I'll give him two months. I'm not giving him until the end of May because, trust me, the Red Sox were dead. They were dead by mid-May. They made a little comeback towards the deadline, and then they died again. They lost eight straight, and then they were dead. They dead, and then they died. <laughs> that was it. All right, but that that team that team pitching sucked when they they couldn't fucking hit when they when they the pitched. bullpen they was bad. Pitch yeah. when they couldn't hit, when they hit. It fucking they sucked. I just <laughs> think that it sets a really shitty example when Travis Shaw steps up last year, has a monster season out of nowhere. I mean, he really had no power. All right, at the so yeah, well, well, and then wh- how do they reward him? They put fucking shit bum Hanley Ramirez all at right, first. Well, base. that's all right. Listen, that's what I'm saying. Okay, if if Travis Shaw is fucking tearing the cover off the ball and playing good at first base, obviously, I think the window of Hanley Hanley's experiment at first base, you shorten it. Yeah, I think it, a big part of it depends on Travis Shaw. I'm giving him two weeks, Pete. <laughs> you just keep getting shorter every time that you mention it. Seven days. Uh, Claire, I like Claire. She 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 printed out one of my tweets one time and put it on her bulletin board at work. Uh, Claire wants to know. Do you think Poppy will get a farewell tour even though he doesn't want one? Yes. You think he will? Yes. From every team. Because a farewell tour is like the whole shebang. Like every park that you go to sucks your dick before you go on the field. Um, yeah, pretty much. You think he's going to get the whole deal? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It, I don't think it will be as much fireworks as Jeter got no. or whatever, but... He'll get a memento from pretty much everywhere. I think, well, I mean. Especially he, American League teams. Yeah. He specifically asked if anyone's going to, you know, do the gifts or anything, just donate, donate. to my charity instead. Um, He's I, still going to get little, little things. That's fine. I just hope that it doesn't become this big thing. And my absolute nightmare is if we see a repeat of, like, 2010 and he's struggling and then they're putting him in the lineup just to put him in the lineup. I don't think that that will happen because I know that David has seen this happen before. Like, basically, you know, Derek Jeter's farewell tour probably cost the Yankees a fucking playoff spot because everyone wanted to see Derek Jeter at shortstop, and, you know, Derek Jeter was struggling because he wasn't on HGH, and they had to just accommodate all the fans because they wanted to see DJ at shortstop one last time. So, <laughs> so do I think that... He'll get a farewell tour, even if though he doesn't want one. I think that he'll get one, but it'll be much more tame. He'll get a variation of a farewell tour. Yeah, I think it'll be much more tame than than we're used to seeing. I'm sure the Red Sox will do a whole fucking spiel. The it's Yankees so probably will too. Fucking nauseating. The Yankees will probably do it big, I bet. Because like, I think most American League teams will show up. <laughs> I can't see Baltimore doing one. They fucking hate him in Baltimore. They're still gonna do something. It's not gonna be big. I mean, the Yankees will probably do something big. 
the the Orioles will probably do nothing. The Yankees will let David bend them over one last time. <laughs> but yeah, I think that it'll be a much more tame experience. Um, Jeff Jeff said, "What happened?" No, Jeff said, "What unknown to average fans or non hyped player do you see making an impact for the team in 2016?" Carson Smith. Carson Smith is going to fuck all of your brains. He is. Because, first of all, you have two factors here. One, I think he's like my age. I think he's 26. So he's he doesn't have the, the name appeal yet. You probably if you're if you're a casual baseball fan, you probably haven't heard of Carson Smith. The other thing is that he wasn't in the division. He was playing for the Seattle Mariners, and who the fuck gives a shit about the Seattle Mariners? So that's why you haven't heard of him. It's not because of a lack of talent, because he has a shitload of talent. You're gonna love watching Carson Smith. One uh, of the most telling signs is that when that trade happened, there were a few Mariners fans who tweeted at me. Was like, I know you love Wade Miley, but Carson Smith is a real fucking deal, and yeah. you're gonna love him. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, my number two pick beyond Carson Smith, Brian Johnson. Which player, non-hyped player, that's gonna make an impact in 2016? Uh, if and when somebody in the rotation shits the bed, Clay Buckles. <laughs> it's probably gonna be Clay Buckles, or I mean, I'm assuming that Joe Kelly is going to be the number five so if he sucks or if clay buckholtz gets hurt or if someone else gets hurt no cy young promises from joe kelly this last weekend at uh at uh foxwoods probably a good idea um i'm hoping that brian johnson gets a nice long look this summer and if and when he does he's gonna kill it next question fletcher james fletcher james would you trade? Never trust a guy with two first names. Yeah. Would you trade Hanley, Mookie, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Swihart for Stanton and Hernandez? And I think he means Fernandez. Yeah. It's so not I was, Hernandez. I was wondering what, what he was getting at. There. I was like, Felix Hernandez? The answer is yes. <laughs> you would? Yeah. Um, okay. Because I don't know Stanton is a fucking monster. He is, but I, I'm going to say no. I would not do that. I would not. For what tr- reasons? Uh, because Fernandez only has, I think, two years left on his deal. So you're basically trading uh, five five years or maybe four years of control. Okay, you're trading four years of control of Mookie, five years of control of Eduardo, fuck Hanley, and then five years of control of Swihart, which you could make a case that that all those years of control are probably worth more than Hernandez. And then you have... Eh, Fernandez. No. Yeah, Fernandez. I keep reading it. Um, yeah, I just don't do it. It's not worth it. The years of control have way more value than, you know, two years of, of Fernandez. I just think that Giancarlo is such a fucking monster that any time you could, you could add him to your team, you'd do it. Sure. But I just, I don't, I don't pull the plug. I mean, I don't pull the trigger on that. I don't. I don't. I keep Mookie. I keep Erod. I keep Swihart. Hanley, you can just have him if you want him. <laughs> if you really want him that bad, you can have him. Um, next question, Garrett. Garrett asks, although I find it unlikely, do you believe Dylan Dave will acquire another big-name pitcher? No. No. I don't think he will. I mean, uh, he needs to. Maybe, maybe at the deadline, if someone has like a season-ending injury or if someone's not performing well, Maybe he goes out and explores that. But as of right now, going into the season, I, there's no chance. 
literally no chance. Uh, Devin, who will be this team's leader after Poppy leaves? Also, who will step up to replace Wade Miley's cow milking? Pete? Hmm. I Which think one do you want me to answer first? You you can answer the cow milking one. I feel like Dustin Pedroia would be a good cow milker. Cow milker? Fuck. Uh, I mean, he's already down there. Clay Buckholz. Clay Buckholz would be the second probably, in line. Probably, probably uh, is a good cow milker. Yeah. Um, the leader after after Ortiz leaves. I mean, Pedroia. Pedroia, yeah. Is, yeah. I just, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, he's... He's not waiting for Bobby to leave to be a leader. He's a fucking leader already. Don't sleep on David Price either. I mean, he's a guy who, once he comes into a clubhouse, he's a very dominant presence in a clubhouse. Uh, a lot of guys look up to him. Um, so, yeah, I could see David Price being a leader in that clubhouse with Pedroia. Next question. Teddy Morris. How long do you think it would take Manny Ramirez to do his own taxes? 45 years. <laughs> yeah. I does Manny even do his own taxes? He's probably got some offshore accounts. He would end up in prison immediately for like tax evasion or some tax related fraud. <laughs> yeah. Some shit. I don't know. He needs like, you know, those commercials that are on TV every fucking five minutes with yeah. the new t Intuit TurboTax <laughs> things where it's like you push a button and it does your taxes. Can you Manny picture Haley, I mean Manny Ramirez doing his fucking taxes? Can you picture Manny Ramirez doing literally anything no. other than baseball? No, no. I can't. I really can't. Um, Mark wants to know who is your number 1 team you'd want to see the Red Sox play in the World Series? I think everybody has the same answer for this. The Nationals. The fucking Nationals, Pete? In the if you're playing in the World Series? Yes. I want to see him play the Nationals. Bryce Harper, shut him up. The answer to this question, Mark, and the only answer, is the Cubs. Yeah, you want to one. see the Red Sox play the Cubs. You want to see Rizzo. You want to you want to stick it up Epstein's bootay. Yeah, you, well, I mean, he, he wants to do that to the Red Sox. No, right? obviously, I mean, yeah. it, there's a lot of storylines. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him play the Nationals. Nationals I, and Cubs would be my top two. Cubs and Theo actually predicted that too. I think he said that uh, that's that's his pick. That's what he wants to see happen. Uh, Anthony, could Hanley? At first, be worse than Hanley and left. Yes, because he's getting three three times the opportunity. But then you have to figure that you know he he was not an outfielder, so that was way more of an adjustment for him than just playing an infield position. I think it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It <laughs> it honestly like because first base, it kind of depends on like the help that you're getting from the other infielders. Like, if the other infielders are playing great and delivering strikes to you at first base, your job's easy. Yeah, but it shit happens. Yeah. Shit and does I happen. I certainly don't expect him to, like, make up for those guys' mistakes. Yeah, I, can, I can't, in my mind, picture Hanley making, like, a sick pick, like, on a one-hopper to first base. I also can't see him, like, diving up the line for a I ground guess the, ball up the line. The either. better way to phrase that question would be, like, would you rather have him be at first base or would you rather have him back and left for the season? I would rather have him off the team. <laughs> well, yeah, no shit. But, like, if you had to pick one of those two, what would you pick? Probably first base because... Because you don't know that he that he's going to be a failure at it yet. You no, know that he's going to be a failure no, at left because field. because he has infield experience. That's why. 
not at first base. First base is a completely different. It is and it isn't. I mean, I, I, it's it's different from the sense of like seeing the ball off the bat is different from the you it's know good right side of the infield versus the left side of the infield. And that that much is different. The but positive about first base is that he has to cover less ground. And for somebody who is known for being so nonchalant as Hanley, right. that's a good that's good news. He doesn't have to move as much, but he will have to bend over and he will have to, you know, dive up the line for a ground ball. Like he's either that or he's just gonna jog after him like uh Daria. Do you remember Daria? Dario? Daria. Daria. No. Okay. Who's that? It's a, I guess that makes me old now. Daria. Anyways, we'll move on. Um B Smith. What's worse, extending the protective netting or barstool JJ's face? I'll hang up and listen. Extending the protective netting? What is that, behind home plate? Yeah, you didn't know about that? No. They're extending the protective netting to go from uh, where it is now to the end of the dugouts. All the way to the end of the dugouts? Yeah. They're doing that this year? I believe so, yeah. So, like, if you're sitting on the first baseline... You're going to have a net in front of you? It's so fun watching your brain just, like, explode, like, in real time. If you're sitting on the first base line, you're going to have a fucking net in front of you. Yes. Fuck that. Yeah. Right? Uh, personally, I don't care um, as I much. I do care. Because I care. I don't care, like, sitting at home watching. You know, I'm not going to be like, this is outrageous. I just care, like, a lot of the times I sit on the first base line, and I don't want a fucking net in front of me. That's the thing, though. I mean, I've sat behind home plate before, and you really don't even notice it. Like, you get used to it, and it's not that big of a deal. People that are like, oh, shit, like, you know, I think they're more worried about bats than they are balls. So the crowd that's like, you just need to pay attention, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, well, it's not that. It's if, if a fucking bat is fucking helicoptering towards you, and it's a shard of sharp wood... You probably want a net there, and you'll probably be thankful that there is one there. Balls, I mean, if you get hit with a ball, then you should have been paying attention because those are, you know, they're not easy to get out of the way of, but they're much easier to get out of the way of than like a fucking helicoptering shard of wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've sat in section 20 or 21 a bunch of times, and that's like the grandstand right behind home plate. If you're worrying about shards of bat, you should just fucking play with metal bats. Oh, Dude, way more interesting anyways. Jesus Christ. If they ever played with metal bats, you know how many casualties that they would have every single year? It'd be amazing. Um, Nathan Wiggins, outside of price, how do you think that the pitching staff will perform? We kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, Porcello, I'm optimistic about. I do think that those last 12 starts that he had were encouraging. Um, Buckholtz, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to get hurt at some point. Kelly, I'm interested because remember it was one of the first podcasts that we ever did, and we were watching a spring training game as we were recording, and Kelly was like pumping 100 mile an hour fastballs, and his changeup was like 83. I was like, that is fucking ridiculous. That is sick. Like he's about to have a monster year, uh, and then he just got shelled. It was weird. His starts were very strange. Like he would have outings where. He would have like double digit strikeouts, but he would give up three home runs in five or six runs. So it was it was very weird. He would have very dominantly shitty starts. <laughs> it was bizarre. I, I, I don't understand it. But it seems like the fact that he can he has the ability on any given night to strike out at least ten batters, um, it seems like it's just like a tweak or an adjustment away from 
being a pretty good starting pitcher in the American League. So he's got to figure that shit out. Um, and then Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, I think that David Price, the addition of David Price makes Eduardo Rodriguez better. Uh, being a left-handed pitcher, being a young pitcher that can still be molded, um, that's going to make him better. Uh, and then you have, like I said, those two guys that are basically your number six and number seven starters, Henry Owens and Brian Johnson. Those guys are young lefties too. So the David Price factor, that's going to play a big role here in, in uh, you know, the starting rotation. And I'm excited to see how that unfolds. How many more of these we got? Uh, we can, how many do you want to do? Mm, coming up on time. How many more questions do you want to take? One or two. Okay, we'll do two more. Um, so then I'm going to be picky and choosy now. Mm, boy. <laughs> okay. Now that Bret Hart and Cameron are making a, a rap album, which I did not know about, which Sox player and rapper would make the best rap duo? This is from Phil. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the best rap duo, like... I, like in what sense? Like would be like the best rappers? Like which who would come out with like the most fire flames track? I'll say David Ortiz and Kendrick Lamar. Because oh. I think Kendrick is the best rapper out there right now. Uh and David Ortiz would be the best hype man. So like them two combined would be a pretty good team. David Ortiz has a very underrated voice. If you didn't hear those Dunkin' Donuts commercials when he was like singing Dude. that like love song, yeah, it's a pretty good voice. I mean, he could sing a pretty good hook. So I'll pick. I'll stay with that 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 choice. I was thinking for some reason I was thinking David Ortiz and like Rick Ross for just like a fucking banger. Kendrick can put put some bangers out there. I'm not saying he can't, but I can't pick the same answer as you. But I think that David Ortiz would come up with some fire flame shit. Also, I did not know that Bret Hart was coming out with a fucking a rap album. That'll be interesting. Yeah. He's a fucking Canadian white guy that's like 50. He's probably like older than 50. Okay. Uh, this will be the one that we go out on. Okay. Do you think that the rivalry will be reincarnated this year? I'm assuming he's talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees. Pete, do you think that the Red Sox and Yankees can spark something this year? Or is that shit? I mean, I don't sailed? think it'll be... Uh, I don't think it'll be like the old days uh, in like the early 2000s, but I do think there's more of a uh, a chance this year because I think that the Red Sox and Yankees will be two of the better teams in the division, and they'll be fighting throughout the season. And you got kind of you got some more polarizing guys like uh, what's his name, fucking Chapman. <laughs> yeah, Chapman might be a guy that that might be become despised in the Boston area. Yeah. All he has to do is throw a fastball under Poppy's chin, and he's enemy number one. Um, yeah. I think I, there's a potential. Yeah. I, um, I could still see it. Aren't, there still aren't, like, enough guys where you're like, fuck that guy. Right. There's but. nobody. Like, on the Yan like, if you look at the Yankees roster right now, you go up and down. Who is there to really hate? I mean, Sabathia is just like a fat a alcoholic. A-Rod, I like A-Rod now. I've I've changed. I mean, he's changed me. He's uh, he's definitely like rehabbed his image, especially especially with the uh the post-game right. coverage from that's, last year. That's that's what did it for me was that A-Rod in an attempt to make himself likable, his failed attempt to make himself likable made him likable for me. Like I I I've, he was like that, you know, 
that puppy that wag- yeah like the puppy that's like wagging his tail like begging you to pet him you, you just got to pet him <laughs> and that's that's a rod I, I honestly think that uh it would take a lot for me to re-hate a rod at this point and also because of the fact that so many yankees fans hate a rod they love him now Yankees fans, I mean, especially JJ. Like, JJ is, like, the fucking biggest A-Rod fan I think I've ever met in my life. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that it's going to take – if I mean, it doesn't really take dislike of players for the rivalry to heat up again. It's just going to take some competitive baseball. That's all it really comes down to is if the Red Sox are in it, if the Yankees are in it, if it's a tight race – then, you know, we're going to get some good games out of it. We're going to be entertained as fans. It takes um, competitive baseball and, like, at least one incident. It needs, like, an incident Yeah, that will create some bad blood, and then from there it kind of escalates. Yeah, it's never going to be what it once was. Put it that way. It's never going to get back to that. That was the peak because of, you know, you know the 86 years and 1918. It's never going to be that again, so we got to let that go. Can they play competitive baseball, like entertaining baseball? Can there be a rivalry Sure. Is it ever going to be as intense as it once was? No. We we gotta let that go. Like just like in uh in that final scene in Titanic when Kate Winslet has to let go of Leo and he just sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Like that's spoiler alert. That's 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 the rivalry. You just gotta let it go. And you just gotta let it sink to the bottom of the ocean, because guess what? He died of hypothermia, you fucking self centered bitch. You could have just moved. There was plenty of room on the door. Anyway, uh <laughs> we wanna thank our producer, Steve Peralt, for doing Nothing. Absolutely nothing on this show. But but y- thanks for booking the hotel room for last week. Yeah, weekend. thank you to our producer, Steve Peralt, for booking the hotel on Friday, because without you, you definitely wouldn't have gone to Foxwoods at all. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter, at Steve underscore Peralt. Follow us on Twitter, at Section10Pod. You can follow Pete, at Pete Blackburn. Um, you can follow our guest, at We Didn't Have a Guest. Hit me up on Twitter, Twitter... What is my Twitter? Ja- at Jared underscore Carabas. The archive for the entire Section 10 podcast, every episode that we've ever done, uh, can be found at section10podcast.com. Please subscribe on iTunes. That way, if you subscribe on iTunes, you will get every single episode right when it comes out, right when Pete figures it the fuck out and edits it and puts it all together. It'll get to you on your fucking device or your iTunes before it gets up on Barstool. And you can rate the show, which helps us out a lot. You can tell a friend. I know you got some. Don't lie to me. Few. Yeah. You got some friends. Be like, hey, you know what? I was listening to the Section 10 podcast. Yeah, pretty. It's decent. It's not pretty, terrible. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. If you like the Red Sox, you should check it out. You should do that for us. It'd be great. I would love you for it. Check out our sponsor, Sock Signatures, at SockSignatures.com. You can use the promo code SECTION10 to get 10% off of your first order at SockSignatures.com. I want to thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure sharing this uh, hour and a half with you guys. And we will catch you on episode 33. I'm not a fat fuck at third base. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.